Welcome to The Hot Seat, powered by Affordable Staff. David Judge here, and we are at Season 1, Episode 4 of The Hot Seat, where we talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry. We find out where these influencers see current and future trends within the industry, and what you can do about it to grow and support your business. There are nine episodes in the first season, and each episode is released every second Tuesday, guaranteed. Today, we are talking to Kelly Seaton from The Leasing Network, who started in the industry 23 years ago as a receptionist. Kelly has extensive experience in the industry, operating a property management agency across multiple states before moving to the Central Coast, where they currently run The Leasing Network. Now, Kelly also speaks regularly at different events, including the PPM conference, which is where we actually interviewed Kelly. So, a few of the topics that we discuss include the hiring of staff on skill versus personality, the importance of profiling your local staff to find gaps in your business, the importance of branding and recognition, integrating Airbnb into your business, yeah, and how she used $80 worth of gift vouchers to generate ongoing leads from sales agents and so much more. Now, one more important point to mention here before we jump into this episode. None of the businesses we've interviewed are sponsors of The Hot Seat and all are industry influencers and businesses they represent that have given their time to be on the show. Yet another great episode and Kelly is a great resource of information, so let's get into it and roll it. Hello and welcome everybody, David here with Damien. Hi David, how are you going? And we've got Kelly here from uh, The Leasing Network, so Hi. thank you for joining us Kelly. Thanks for having me. Yes, welcome to the hot seat. Yes. So we're here today to have a bit of a conversation with you around the around the industry, just get an understanding of um, where you've come from within the industry, where you think it is right now and where you think it's going in the future. How does mm-hmm. that sound? That sounds great. Let's do okay. it. Okay, excellent. So can you give us a bit of a history about your industry experience? Okay, so I've been around for quite a few years, about 23 years. Years. Wow. Um, I That's a nice wow. I know. <laughs> showing my age. Um, so I stepped into real estate directly from school. Yes. First job, reception, and pretty much worked my way up from there. And you do it on purpose? Uh, not at all. In fact, when I was in high school, we went to year 12 yes. back then, and I actually said the only job I did not want to do was in real estate. I had no idea. I wanted to be a nurse or a marine biologist or something just definitely not real estate because my mum had a friend who was in real estate who was a bit of a um, controversial person yes and I just did not want to be like her mm. so I said I'll do anything but that and the first job I landed was a receptionist in a real, real estate, estate agency yeah. yeah so yeah I totally was not heading down this path whatsoever yes um, but yeah started in reception did a bit of sales support admin sort of thing, um, worked into property management, stepped away from the industry and did a bit of um, project management. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I also did some legal um, legal aid work yes. in a legal firm and then just got straight back into property management. Um, and do, you, do you prefer real estate or property yeah. management? Sales no, or property management? I've never touched on sales itself as yes. a selling agent. I've just done sales support. Yes. Um, pretty much off the plan property purchases mm. right through to um, engaging in the property manager to take on, um, you know, that, that job and find the, you know, partner them with the investor at that point. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's why we opened up our own business because yes. we were referring um, our clients in the sales um, investment arm mm-hmm. to property managers who were not doing their job properly. Yes. And we got jack of hearing about it and one day said, well, that let's just go back into that. Before that, I'd managed teams of, of property managers, mm. you know, having hundreds of properties. Um, and we just decided to go down that avenue of opening up our own business in 2009 for that okay. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 2009 to now? 
Um, so 2009 to now, we um, had a company called Property Management HQ. Yes. Um, we were based in East Maitland predominantly mm-hmm. on, the, on Central Coast Hunter. Yeah. Um, then we had a lot of clients who had investment property purchases in Queensland due to land tax uh, thresholds. Mm-hmm. Um, they purchased outside the state. So we um, got a few landlords, about 35 I think it was. Yes. Um, we would survey them in our net promoter score surveys and okay. they would say one of the questions was, do you have another investment property that we're not managing? Mm. The answer was yes in Brisbane. Um, so we rang all of those clients and then said, if we move to Brisbane, will you come on board? And they all just went, yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then we opened a Brisbane office. So um, just over there in Wollongabba. Yep, okay. Um, that then moved to Chelmer Graceville um, and then we sold that on to LG Hooker. Okay. Um, so we're now no longer in um, Brisbane at all, yep. and we're also not in the Hunter Valley anymore. We're back to the Central Coast. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And we've just rebranded from yes. Property Management HQ to the Leasing Network. Um, and the reason for that is just to be fresh and new. We're pretty much starting again. So yes. having had all of that experience from 2009 to now and going back to recreate the wheel without the mistakes that we made um, mm. all those years before. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty much at that point now to start again. Mm. So mm. was it challenging managing properties in Queensland? Then? Yeah. That yeah, that was going to yeah. be my question. What would really you see the big differences would yeah. be? I think the differences was, first of all, we had to get mutual recognition to have a licence here. Yes. Um, then I obviously appointed a licensee in charge um, up here, but I was here frequently, pretty mm. much every third week. Um, I'd come up here either um, you know Thursday night work, Thursday, Friday, Saturday sort of thing, or um, the reverse of that and do the, just tack it onto a weekend. Mm. Um, but managing the staff up here with the different legislation was probably the trickiest part. Yes. And just relying on that they knew what they were doing um, here because sometimes I'd be like, oh, but you have to serve the notice at eight days, mm. whereas in New South Wales, you know, you're serving at 15 days for rent arrears and that sort of thing. So that was a little bit tricky, but it was just making sure that they knew what they were doing. Mm. If you were to start again doing what you've just done, what would your view done differently? What would be the, the top thing you would have done differently? Um, I think differently um, would have been the staff that I've had. Yes. Um, so I think originally I was hiring staff on their skill sets, whereas I think you really need to hire staff on their personality mm. um, because I think you can train skill, yes. um, you know, for how you want someone to fit into your department. So. I was hiring people who knew what they were doing, mm. and um, it actually worked out in the end that perhaps they didn't know as much as they thought they did, but I assumed that they did. Yes, yes. Um, and I've obviously um, doing some research on them and testing them along the way and, you know, training them. They, they went to almost every conference possible. Mm. Um, but I think you can't train the personality and yes. the communication and how they get along with your clients. And I think it's also important that the, every client is different. Mm. And they were t- t- kind of um, treating every client as the same yes. and not really finding out about the client, first of all, and what their needs were. That's fantastic yeah. around the personality yep. uh, the personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, have you used or have you heard of DISC profiling? Yeah, we've yeah. actually done DISC. Yes. Um, I've also, um, in 2016, late 2016, we had Agent Dynamics. Yes. Um, Julie and Neil um, yep. do profiling on our teams. Okay. Um I would recommend that to anybody, not giving them a plug or anything. Yeah, yeah. no, give them I a plug. Really, I really <laughs> would recommend that to any industry, yes. um, any agency, sorry, in the industry. What it does, it, it um, personality profiles each individual person, just like DISH does, mm. puts them in a little category so you find out, you know, what sort of um, personality that person is. Yes. And they overlay each personality onto one profile. 
And so you can see the gaps in the business. Mm. So straight away it comes ah, on a chart. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and our yeah. chart had one whole area missing. Yes. And that one whole area for us was um, more about being forward and um, the BDM section was what was missing in our yeah. chart when we looked at it. No one was really interested in cold calling and door knocking and there was just no personality in our office that fitted that. Mm. So that's the person we needed to hire next. Yes. Who who were they again? Agent Dynamics. Agent Dynamics. Yeah. Agent Dynamics. Yeah. I'll put some. I'll put a, a link in the notes. Yeah. They they were really great. So mm. very much the same as Disc. Yes. But they actually honed down into strength, weaknesses, challenges. Yes. And then if that person's not right for that role, move them. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If they're good in your business, shuffle them into the spot that they like mm. and that they're good at. Yeah. Mm. So that's one thing yeah. I'd do right next time would be staff, but then next time I'm kind of just looking at going outsourcing. <laughs> yeah. So we, we dis profile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'd be looking at that predominantly for the future of our business. Yes. Um, because we've got the team that we need right now. Yes. And I think staff as a business owner mm. is the hardest part of the job. So what do you, so what do, you, do you see as the biggest challenge right now for yeah. 2018 in real estate? Uh, right now, I think the biggest challenge is uh, for us market uh, like brand awareness in the market for our business because mm-hmm. we are starting again and we had a good brand yes um, and a well-known brand. Mm-hmm. but I think it's that um, in a marketplace on the central coast which we are now at. There's another agent called Residential HQ and Commercial HQ. Okay. So when Property Management HQ was coming into the picture, that was just it was a bit like, oh, are you associated with them yeah, and them yeah. and them? So um, that's why we decided to just go. You know what? No, we're just going to cut that tie altogether um, and recreate a new brand. So that's the biggest thing for us right now is our biggest challenge hmm. is getting our brand out there and everything's going digital. Yes. So it's about videoing and, um, you know, getting it on social media, on all platforms and mm. just punching it out as best as we can. Mm. Yeah, that mm. would probably be our biggest challenge. And then knowing our market. So we've not been on the Central Coast whilst I've lived there. That's not been our core market. Yeah. Our core market's been in the other areas. Yes. And so now we've got to get um, some, some stats and data research happening as to what areas on the coast mm. have the most available properties for lease. So, for example, um, you know, Gosford, for example, has 55.35% are rental properties. Wow. You know, whereas, you know, the area that I might want to look at leasing in, you know, Womberall, for example, or Forrester's Beach, has something like between 14 and 19%. Mm. So I'm not going to market those areas. No, that's right. When there's 14% properties for lease. So, you know, those are the sort of things we needed to look at. And we highlighted about 10 different suburbs Mm. um, that we're going to start focusing on. Yeah. And it's just now about getting brand out into those suburbs and creating, um, you know, by natural, um, you know, sources rather than an acquisition mm. um, to try and create the best brand on the coast now. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think about some of those the disruptors? They talk about like uh, guys like, um, you know, Airbnb and mm. and I, I guess the, the, the biggest difference you see with companies like Airbnb is they remove that face yeah. from, the, from the business. What do you think about the, those sort of guys and the disruptors coming in? I actually don't think they're disruptors. Yes. Um, I think we can work with them or maybe work like them. Yes. So for a property management business, if we've got – and the Central Coast is a prime example for this because we have a lot – we're a coastal holiday town. Mm. And so um, – and that's why perhaps the entrance in Terrigal have high uh, rental um, profiles. 
we're not targeting those for residential leasing, yes. but why not target them and offer an Airbnb service to mm. those clients? So whether it's whether it's offering quick in and out holiday stuff going on, or um, you know just quick um, you know maybe those little extra things, it, they might want to have say for example the client have that management themselves as their own you know doing themselves. Yes, um, and we might be able to offer the, the in and out service for them or something like that. We so. we have a couple of clients that manage Airbnb listings. Yeah. Is it? Do you know what they what sort of Fees they charge? It's a lot more than regular property. We can't say, can you? No, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we we did have the, some. Just put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's what's the hot seat. I think over the time, um, I've been in the holiday market before at Terrigal, um, and there our management fees was almost double. Yes. A bit, a bit shy of double of our normal management fee mm. um, in a holiday market, and, and you'd get that. You know, yeah. that's everybody wanted to holiday there. Yeah. Yes. And it would, it's doable. So I don't think Airbnb... Um, is actually a disruptor as such, and mm. Cubby and all of those things. You know, I mean, look at Purple Bricks for example. That's coming in now. Purple Bricks in our area that I know of don't sell. Yes, I mean, don't sorry, don't lease. Yeah, yep. they only sell. So why are we not aligning ourselves with Purple Bricks and helping provide rental appraisals and market comparisons to Purple Bricks for their customers to come mm. and lease it? Yes, you know. Exactly. So I don't. For us, I don't feel that they're disruptors at all. I think they're there to give us a bit of challenges and maybe make us re- rethink how we do and things. And that's what's happened with us, like yeah. in our business. Our business is constantly changing and, you know, the talk of automation and yeah. computers, et cetera, et cetera. It's evolved. It's evolved over the years and it's going to continue to evolve and I think it's a matter of continuing to stay at the forefront and adapting to the change and looking for it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think um, all of those little things that come along, Yes. Just consider them a little speed hump, so if you like, and just jump on board and just go with it. Because if you don't, you're going, you just, you're not going to be in the industry. If you start seeing these um, other little companies pop up and you're getting nervous about them or you know have concerns, well then you probably shouldn't be here anyway. You just need to tackle them head yeah. on, but maybe yeah. work with them. It's life of business owner, isn't it? It is. But yes. <laughs> we're talking about, so how would you, um, how would someone that's coming in the industry mm-hmm. differentiate themselves? the competition yeah i think the best thing you need to do is um mystery shop your local competitors okay um i don't know set up a fake profile or something (laughs) um but really truly mystery shop find out what your competitors are doing Mm. because you you definitely have to do things completely different yes you know you can't go out there now and say i offer you know four routine inspections a year and my rent arrears are zero tolerance because that's just all bs Mm. um you need to be able to go to that next level and be able to produce other things that are completely out of, out of the box. Yes. You know, so I think by, um, I don't want to give all my points of difference yeah, yeah, yeah. away. <laughs> 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 but, but we're PM only. So yes. um, for us to be able to offer PM only, we're a specialist yes. expert. We sell that, that we offer, offer an investor support service for sales businesses. Mm. Um, you know, and we offer that to sales only businesses, but there's not a lot of sales only businesses in our zone anymore. Yes. You know, so we just get a little bit um, friendly with the sales agencies that have traditional sales and property management offices. And let me tell you, they're um, in the same office as their property management teams and they see what's going on with their department Mm. and they don't always like that. So we can connect with those sales agents with existing property management firms and just kind of, you know, win them over a little bit offer them things that they're not getting from their own department. Yes. And and that's how we get in the door. And this mm. is happening. Uh, we met someone last week. I won't give any names out. Uh, sales agent has a traditional sales arm, met them for coffee, shouted two people on the table, 
um, $80 worth of gift vouchers each. Um, off they went to rest, fine dining restaurant and the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got four leads over the table on a piece of paper. Yeah, fantastic. So it's happening. You just need to be game enough to go and talk to them and and hope that they don't shoot you down. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the things yeah. isn't it, in the industry is that yeah. – um, so we interviewed, we mentioned before, Sarah from Sarah from Melbourne PM on the hot mm-hmm. seat. Yeah. And she's a she's young yeah. and she won the Innovation yeah, Award. Won the Innovation show. Award recently at, at um, was it AREC? Where was it at? Do you remember? I don't remember. Was it LPMA? Might be on LPMA. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Innovation Award and just the stuff that she's doing is what would you say? My kids don't see an iPad as a piece of technology. They see it as a lifestyle. That's right. And, you know, I try to separate them away from it as much as I can. And um, you can see some of the younger people coming into the industry as well. They don't see it as as technology. They just see it as another tool. That's every day for them. Yes. That's how they've come into this industry, whereas you've got a lot of the older people that are now having to go, well, I don't want to learn that. But if you don't learn that, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. So, but these guys are coming in. Um, in the younger generation and, and, you know, that's what they're doing. Mm. I was actually at a, um, a training session called How to, we, How to Lead a Winning Team with Elite Agent in October or November last year. Mm. And um, one of the speakers there, and I don't know her name, but she was talking about 75% of our industry in five years' time are going to be all the young generation and we're going to be learning off them. Yes. Like, because that's what's happening. Average age of our client within the industry is... Younger, are they? It's reducing. It's cha- It's actually we're going through a transition stage at the moment where a lot of younger, younger people have have jumped on board. You know, younger in my community in the middle of nowhere in the country town, I'm considered young, so that's good. <laughs> younger, and then now it's now it's changing because the younger people have come on, and now it's adapting, and, and a lot of you know like um, average age of our client is increasing rapidly. Mm. Mm. I think so that's, that's just what's happening in the industry, though. You know, I think. A lot of older property management managers aren't in offices with the right culture. Yes. And if they're not in an office with the right culture, they're just really, um, it's not an easy job. No. You know, it's no. a job where you're consistently getting bad feedback, you're consistently getting tenants complain or owners unsatisfied. Or So if you're not doing your job right, that's what's going to happen. Mm. You know, obviously in, in our business, like we don't hear our phone ring all day because we... Um, are out there giving our clients the right advice. The phone doesn't ring in. They already know everything they need to know, mm. um, as cocky as that might sound. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the property managers that are in there that aren't doing it right, that aren't getting the training, are just burning out straight away. Yes. And the other thing I'm finding as well with those is that they're managing big number portfolios. You know, I mean, in our office we have a max at 100, 100 okay. properties per property manager. And that's so that they get that customer service, mm. um, you know. But then you're getting agencies that are doing 200. And I mean, I've been asking people here this weekend, how many do you manage? 300. I'm like, geez, are they all in the same apartment complex? Or do so they balance they that. Well, they they have to what lower fees to oh, yeah. to have to manage more properties. And I think so. And why do that? It's about you know not about the you know quantity of how many you're doing. It's about the quality of the product and the property and the owner and mm. you know. So when they come in on board, you know. Screen them. Yes. Do they fit your business? If they don't fit it, don't take it. Mm. You know, so where of that mindset. Um, and if you're finding a lot of um, maybe sales-based principal owners um, are just taking on whatever they can get, 
But poor Judy over here is just getting, you know, bombarded with everything. Mm. And that's why they, and I think that's with a lot of the older people in the industry, they just give up because they're not getting the support or they've got too much on their plate or that sort of thing. Whereas the young ones are game enough to go, how I need help, you know, mm. or yes, I'm a gun, but I'll only do this because they're just um, forward thinking and yes. they don't mind to speak. The asset value, of a, asset value of a property, of a rent roll or a property management business, is it based on the rent that you collect or is it based on the... Annualised income. Okay. Yeah, so market's different everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I've heard in Sydney you can get 4.2. Um, you know, maybe on the coast it's probably about 3.3 maybe thereabouts um, per annualised income. But I think it just varies in your marketplace. But, yeah, it's mm. based on the annualised income of the management. So each management, like, for example, you know, we've just sold a rent roll, just say, you know, and each management was worth around about roughly, you know, six grand yep. as, a, as a ballpark figure. You know, so obviously do the math if you're selling 200 managements. Yes. You know, so that's kind of where it works. But obviously, um, you know, things stagger from area to area. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So, mm. sh- shameless plug time. What do you got going on in your business? Shameless plug. Shameless plug, yeah. yeah. People what you like to people know you? about. And the team at the leasing network, how, how do they go about finding you? All right. What's the best way to get in contact with you? So we um, are available pretty much all the time. Um, they have the office number, they have our mobile number, they have our email address. They and what are they? What are they? Oh, fantastic. Good <laughs> ah, so, well, um, we can pop them in the notes. Awesome. <laughs> so we're the leasing network, Yes. Um, Central Coast, New South Wales. Yeah. Um, our office line is 1-800-452-052. My mobile is 0400-454-531. And um, theleasingnetwork.com.au. Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you very much for having a conversation with us and really appreciate it. Like we've said to a lot of people, appreciate, you know, you being in the industry for the amount of time that you have been. Um, it, the, like we said, there's a lot of innovators coming through and I can see having a conversation with you, the direction that you're going is fantastic because, you know, you're using the opportunities and you're always constantly moving and changing and, and evolving and and I think that that's great for the industry. Yeah, so you need thank it. you very much. Yeah, thank you for having okay. me. Yeah, thank you very much and, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you for listening to the episode with Kelly. And before you go, I'd like to ask if you enjoyed this episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review as they really, really do count. I also wanted to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I am 100% honest, we could not put together The Hot Seat without outsourcing every single component. We literally record our footage and audio, send it to the Philippines office, and they do the rest. So thank you to our team, especially Ira. Okay, great. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Hot Seat.